Hello, and welcome to Pop Stars. We are a podcast where we look at pop culture through the lens of astrology and its natal chart. Yes, we see what about pop culture was written in the stars. Exactly. Um, and today, we are getting into one of my favorite albums of all time, Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion. I mean... First of all, if you're gay and listening to this, this is for you. <laughs> it is. And if you're gay and listening to this and you haven't listened to this album, then stop listening to us and go listen to that now. Oh, yeah. And then come back. Because I did, I was hooking up with a guy a few weeks ago who I mentioned this album to in passing and he was like, I don't know that album. And Ooh. I was just like, why am I still here? <laughs> so, um, yeah, please go listen to it. You were hooking it. up with the editor in chief of Pitchfork? LOL. <laughs> you got it. You got me. Um, but yeah, so, uh, this album came out in June 24th, 2015 in Japan. That's when it first premiered, uh, first launched, however, whatever happens with music. Um, and then released, I guess. Yes, that's the word. Uh, and then it came out, dropped, dropped. All right. My single, my single is dropping, dropping, is dropping, dropping. of course. And so, uh, this came out first in Japan because she has a ton of Japan fans and actually one of my favorite tracks of hers is off of dedicated side B that was only released in Japan, but we won't get into that because that's not what we're talking about. But um, it came out in August in like the States in 2015 and it honestly is my soundtrack to New York in a lot of ways because I moved to New York in August of 2015 mm. and so like this album like welcomed me into New York, but also like was like, I felt like I was being, this sounds corny, but like I was being born again in a way along with this album that was like, had just come out with me to New York in a way. It almost, if I remember correctly when this album came out, because it did come out in Japan, I felt like, like the whole thing, like, the gays got it when it came out. Oh, like, yeah. It just like, the, you know, the files were online. The people were talking. Yeah. Yes. So it was like when it actually was released, released on like, I, I we, we'd all heard it by then. Oh, definitely. We were just no longer listening to like the Google Drive versions of the right. Spotify tracks. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, do you have any more to say about your love for or what it means to you, this album? Well, I remember this summer very well because I was... I, you know, it was just before I had gotten my first big job in uh, media because I started working at Mike in August 2015. Oh, wow. So it was just a, a summer where a lot I knew was because, you know, the, the, the interview process is a few months and everything. So it was a lot of energy and it was like things are happening. And a lot of emotion. A lot of emotion. And I mean, this album is to me like summer nights, I think. Yes. I think what's really interesting is when albums are released and then you associate them with a certain season or they sound like the season that they're released in and emotion to me feels like a summer album where like the nights are long and you might be falling in love and like you have your summer flings that you're wondering if they're going to evolve into cuffing season things. Like it just always reminds me of summer. Yes, definitely. It, it's very much the like sweaty, kind of two humid nights that you're just like 
I want to be around other bodies. Right. Well, like you're going out, like in the summer, like I'm sure I was going out to boiler room at this point. R.I.P. Like exactly. And so I'm sure that like it just, it was such an emotional, it was a very emotional time, but it was also like a lot of fun, which this album is kind of the mixture of like, I'm in my head, but I'm going to have fun about it. Oh, no question. I mean, from the, from the beginning to the end, it's just like a blast. I love the ups, the downs, the, the slow songs, the upbeat ones. I just, I'm so excited to get into it. Yeah. All right. So let's get started. Let's get started with how you did this needle chart. Yeah. So I um, decided to do it in Japan because that's where it first, we, we first encountered it in the world. It was born somewhere. And so we could say it's Japan. And so I chose Tokyo because capital of Japan. Right. And um, I just chose midnight because that's when albums get dropped. Uh, so yeah, midnight, June 24th, 2015. And uh, that's where we got this Aries Rising Cancer Sun Virgo Moon album. That's incredible. Um, so we've gone from our last episode taking place in Costa Rica. Yes. Off the coast of Costa Rica to Japan. We're an truly international a world, pop- Yeah, truly worldwide. As Candy Burris would say. Or, or, oh. Or Pitbull. Or Pitbull. Candy Burris or Pitbull, both worldwide. Where's Where's their collab? <laughs> um, but I think we should start with uh, the rising sign, because I have thoughts about it. And that's also how you like first introduce yourself. And oh my so, gosh. I, I'm so excited that you are going to start with the rising sign. Because you're an Aries? Because I'm an Aries and because I have things to say. Great. I can't wait. So... Um, this album is an Aries rising, which I mean, I'll let you tell about that a little bit since you are an Aries. Well, as I'm sure most of the people listening know, if they like astrology, that your rising sign is how you come off to people or the energy that I guess people first garner from you when you're when you introduce yourself to them. And I mean, Aries is the baby of the Zodiac and I'm an, a quadruple Aries and I love Aries things. And I think Aries is all about energy and excitement and... When I say baby of the Zodiac, I also mean seeing the world through the eyes of a baby, like excited, wanting to learn. um, Innocent. Innocent, new things, new experiences. It's also the reason that it's the baby of the Zodiac is it's because of the first Zodiac sign. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, a, almost like a gradual step from Aries to Pisces. Yes. So those are all things that I think I think about when I think about um, not even... So I'm interested to hear how you took this because not even just emotion, but really, I really like you is an Aries rising. And I thought of when I was thinking about this album and I was going to have this conversation, I thought about how I really like you was people's first impression of the album and that corollary with Aries rising being a first impression of somebody. Yeah, I think that... uh I really like you is a great Aries rising song, mm. but I also think just even the opening notes of the album to me feels okay. very like Aries rising. Cause it's like, it's, this is where I'm going to reference Kath and Kim. It's very, okay. look at me, look yeah. at me. <laughs> like it's very that of yes. like capturing your attention, but not like, not necessarily like showing off in a Leo kind of way, but just like grabbing you. And like, this is, this is it. This is the, like, I am, I'm diving in and I'm forcing you to dive in with me kind of thing. It's that that saxophone solo riff that 
almost transports you. Which Carly right? Rae is you need the to queen go to, of saxophones. You need to like go. Honestly, saxophones were not having a moment. They were broke, broke down. Uh-huh. No rent was due. <laughs> like, and then Carly was like, "Here, Mister Saxophone, I'm going to give you a job. Yes, and you're just going to be my muse." And that she's been employing him ever since. Yeah, thank God. But yeah, so it's funny how we kind of took opening differently. Because I was thinking about it, and like, yes, the opening sax riff of Runaway With Me is iconic, and it is very Aries Rising, but as opposed to op- first single. Yeah, so why do you think I Really Like You is so Aries? Well, and it's funny, because... Because we Tom Hanks? Be- <laughs> well, we have to be honest here. I Really Like You is probably my least favorite song oh, on same. the album. It's the corniest. It's the corniest, but I also understand... Is, so it's very Aries. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Aries are corny, but I also feel like it's it's also the one that you can tell some guy, some record executive was like, oh yeah, this is the one that maybe sounds most radio friendly or something. Right, and it's the transition, it's the most transitory between Call Me Kiss, Maybe and yeah. Now. Yes. Emotion, yeah. So it, it plays a lot of roles, but I... Um, so... Aries people when we fall in love, which obviously everyone has a Venus sign and that is also their thing. But like Aries can get very excited about new relationships. And often that, that excitement can fizzle. Mm -hmm. Like Aries people are known for not love bombing. Like we're like groomers or something or like, (laughs) you know, but like we're known for like getting really excited about the potential of a new relationship and then needing that excitement to stay up in order for it to like materialize into something. Yeah. If you look up the word intensity, it's just the Aries symbol. Yes, exactly. And so I like, I think I really like you is that sense because while a lot of the album deals with relationships that are like ongoing or like the complications that come from being in the midst of a long relationship. I really like you is the one that is about beginnings as well. Like I really like you. It's starting blah, blah. And and you don't know where this relationship is going to go. But it has so much energy. It's also one of the more upbeat tracks. I mean, not that they're not upbeat, but you know what I mean? Like it's one of just the more pulsing tracks and a lot of the rest of the album is like a vibe. Oh yeah, for sure. I think like some of my favorite songs, I definitely think of them as like songs I would dance to, but uh, they don't have that like up-tempo euphoria that I think of from like, I really like you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of songs I can think of that are like danceable, but they're not up tempo, yes. you know? And so like your type or something. Exactly. So a lot of the album is danceable and would work wonders on a dance floor. But I guess the reason that I really love you was chosen as the single was because it was the most, like I said, radio ready, pop friendly, ready for, I guess like in, in an executive's mind, like a, some DJ to spin or whatever. Totally. Um, so now let's move into the sun sign, which okay. is totally opposite. We're in Cancer. Well, and that's, I mean, it's so funny because that's just like ca- so obvious. Oh, you know? I mean, literally the name of the album, Emotion. Right. And it's so funny to like sit here and have to pretend like we're going to say something new about emotional cancers. But <laughs> truly, if it's already all been said, go read a book. But I also think maybe what what hits me about talking about cancers is like you know every sign has their things that define them and i think people when they think about cancer and emotion they think oh cancers are emotional but i actually think that what's there what's beneath that is that cancers have 
the gift of emotional intelligence mm. as a, as, as opposed to just being emotional or feeling emotions. I do think that when we talk about cancers, we're talking about emotional intelligence. And I think that this album is one that's actually very emotionally intelligent and emotionally intelligent to me doesn't mean, Oh, I'm always feeling the right thing at the right time, but it does mean being able to describe our emotions and understand how they're making us feel. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the brilliant things about this album, and I think it's one of the things that made so many gays love it, is that it has this it has this amazing pop quality that is just fun to enjoy. But then when you listen to it, it actually has a lot of emotional depth. It has right. like a lot of like real feelings that are so relatable and so understandable that um, I don't necessarily think of pop music as substantively exploring like in a way like I don't think that I don't think that Taylor Swift has the emotional depth of a Carly Rae Jepsen if you will mm. and so like I think that these songs as a whole and each on their own kind of like get into that deep well of watery feeling that uh but like in a smart way and we said before we started this that we're not going to like go track by track but I think when I was thinking about Sun, the sun and cancer. I was thinking about the song "Gimme Love" a lot mm. because I was thinking about how that song, when you if you read the lyrics and had never heard the song or knew the melody or the music to it, and you just kind of had to read it out as poem or something, it really is about explaining to someone what your emotional needs are mm. and like her ability to ask for love or her ability to ask for the feeling of being loved, I thought was very emotionally intelligent and very cancer. Yeah, no, I think that is such a great point. I, I'm, I love that song. Uh, I'm, I mean, I love every song on this album except yeah. for I really like you, but, uh, <laughs> which I just like, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this movie, that movie, this is not a movie. <laughs> It's a cinematic experience. It truly is. But in an album. <laughs> yes. This, this album experience is uh, just so emotionally fulfilling. And that's why I'm like so glad that it's a Cancer Sun. But uh, now the sun's going to set and we're going to talk about its Virgo moon. Yes. I am so interested to hear your take on its Virgo moon. So I actually, this is where I step back from the actual content of the album Okay. And uh, want to like situate this in Carly's like larger uh, development process of the album. Cause I think that at least for me as a Virgo son myself, mm. I think so like so much of Virgo is the meticulousness is the like uh, kind of making striving for perfection and yeah. trying to get things just right. And something that's really notable is that she wrote over 250 songs in the three years that she was developing this album, trying to like get it, which to like where mathematically she that's like a song every like two days or three days. Oh yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine, but like in some ways I could, cause it's like you want to, you, you keep striving for the perfect sound and really trying to get that before like actually putting it out there. And there's definitely another, another way, another world, another less, uh, um, meticulous artist who would just be like, well, here are a bunch of, I really like yous that would serve as a great pop album that comes after kiss, but mm -hmm. isn't like actually defining her voice and who she is. And actually like she's focused on like, having a small writing group to like work with as opposed to like her past experiences where she didn't really have as much control over like 
the exact direction of her music. And so I think that like for me, the Virgo moon comes out so much just in the creative process. Well, it, you know, that's so interesting because it also reminds me of how often like um, women in music are not considered like artists or, or um, you know, like musical genius is the way that we ascribe men that, that quality, like, oh, Bruce Springsteen or whatever, like these great musicians and the musicianship on this album is so strong. And I, and I think that that meticulousness does come through and wanting to say things about the process of falling or being or falling out of love perfectly is a Virgo quality. Um, it even reminds me of around the same time when Anti came out, there was like, you know, Rihanna was very meticulous about that album and people had, I think, never associated Rihanna with being meticulous before because she was before that popping out so many albums. And it's just some not a quality that people ascribe to pop musicians often. And, and it was really interesting for me to hear you bring that up because I do, I totally agree with what you're saying. I do think that there's like some Virgo moonness in some of her songs. And when I was listening to it again for this, I was thinking a lot about boy problems because I think that <sighs> boy problems is a song that is Virgo ish in its need to organize the chaos. Like boy problems is a song about like what happens when you think you're trying to solve one problem and another one pops up and like, specifically, you know, I'm dealing with this boy issue and then my best friend feels like I'm neglecting them because all I do is talk about boys or whatever. There is, there's this sense of in the album, her trying to work through the chaos of her love life and mm -hmm. her friend life and all those things and trying to write it, um, write it being R I G H T <laughs> trying to write the chaos that's happening. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, so much of Virgo is just trying to bring order to chaos. And so I, yeah, but boy problems is maybe my favorite song on the album. And now you're making me kind of understand maybe why. Um, Cause you're a Virgo. Exactly. And yeah, I it, think boy problems is my second favorite. Really? Or like, I think it, I think it switches depending on the day or the mood between boy problems and let's get lost. Okay. See for me, it's boy problems and your type. Okay, those yeah. are the two that I like. Just switch back and forth between, but yeah, God, the like the even just the title, boy problems, like trying to like make it a thing to solve, right? As opposed to like these are just issues that I have to work through and deal with and like grapple with. It's like no, there's an answer, right? Even though there isn't an answer, boy solutions, boy solutions. <laughs> Where, where's that on side B? <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's get into her Mercury Gemini. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this comes through just in the energy swings of the album. Mm. Like how we go f so quickly from something like, I really like you to give me love. It's such a like tone shift in a way of like kind of such a slowdown, but it still has so much of that like energy that is laced throughout the album that it doesn't feel out of place that you slow down but like it it kind of gives you whiplash in a good way mm. and I, I feel the same way with um all that and boy problems as well like just the way that those transitions happen felt very like we're getting very different versions of carly but they both are the genuine version and that's i feel like so gemini yeah, so like, because obviously, like Gemini Mercury, that's all about like communication and like how you are coming across. And right. So yeah. Well, it's interesting because there's almost like a in astrology there are these 
um, kind of alignments, a form, a kind of syzygy that can happen where spell like, it. <laughs> kidding. I know how to spell it. So I do too, because the Putnam County spelling. Bee. Oh, I have. So I feel like I have now four stories to tell you on this podcast related to what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> but when I was a junior in high school, our English teacher, he had the map down on the board and he like raised the map and on the, and on the chalkboard behind the map. I can hear the right as it like on the chalkboard behind the map was the word syzygy. And he was like, the SAT will never ask you to just define the word syzygy. It's always going to be context. And so like, I remember the word syzygy because he did this dramatic English teacher thing of being like, the SATs will never ask you about the word syzygy. I love that. Um, also, um, when I went to go see Putnam County Spelling Bee, I was one of the people who was brought on stage. Oh, fun. And I was the last one eliminated and they had to keep giving me words because they have to eliminate everyone yeah. before the end of act, before the beginning of act I know, because I was in it in college. And so they had to keep giving me words because I was getting oh, them right. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Look at you. Um, Just and so really are- showing off on stage. <laughs> Look at me. I'm an Aries. <laughs> I'm not a Leo. I know. I know. Um, I, I'm... Leo's baby cousin, but Mercury in Gemini is one of those syzygies because it's the planet that's about communication with like the great communicator sign. And I think that one of the strengths of this album and the reason that it hooks itself into you is because it's not just about feeling the emotion because we all know people in our lives who can feel emotion, but then can't communicate to us how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. I think one of the brilliance, one of the brilliant, what a, the brilliance of this album lies in part her, of the brilliance of part of the brilliance of the album lies in her ability to communicate how she is feeling to you in an effective manner. And I mean, some of her songs are written to people about how she is feeling. Um, I think that is really a strength of it that she's able to come out and say, this is my feeling. This is how it's making me feel. This is what I want you to do to either make it better or whatever. Um, so this is really an album by someone who, Sun and Cancer has a lot of emotional intelligence. Mercury and Gemini is able to communicate to you how they feel about it. And and I think along the same lines is able to communicate such a wide swath of emotion. Mm. Like we're able to go from the I really like you understanding that like fresh early emotional feeling to then like grappling with the like are you even right for me for, for like your type and things like that or like the problems that I'm having with boys and my friends type of feelings. Like there's so many there's so many feelings wrapped up in like love that and relationships, which is what this whole album is really exploring. Right. And honestly, a lot of most of Carly's music is about, <clears throat> excuse me, I partied too hard yesterday. <laughs> uh, I guess this weekend actually. Um, but so much of her, her like oeuvre is about like love and connection. And um, I think that she's just able to capture so much more of it than a lot of her peers in that way. And that's Mm -hmm. why it feels so like it just feels so real in a way that some of her her contemporaries don't feel like they have the same like ability to communicate that wide of a scope, like not to keep comparing her to Taylor Swift because there are other white women in pop, but uh, (laughs) I like there's she there's just such a, for all that Taylor is like the broad, I, I think actually that's kind of it, is like Taylor is this broad character 
and has these very broad feelings that like people can identify with in a broad way. Um, not that's not a pun on anything. She doesn't have a musical, but um, although God, she will, Taylor she's going to musical. EGOT. She will, she, of course. Yeah, she'll buy well, her she, way to before uh, Candy Burris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm watching Atlanta this season. Um, I know I'm the only one, but uh, like, there's something, and I think this also gets to why she is a, why Carly's a critical darling versus a like big. I, I mean, she's a big success, but like that she is not the Taylor Swift of right because like taylor's broad whereas carly's specific yes i was so there was a phrase that was going around in my head which is like lyrical imprecision which is what a lot of other artists have and i'm actually thinking here about someone like pink which i know mm. no one has thought about pink in a long time <laughs> um i know Raise straight america loves her adult contemporary radio really really lives they but, really do they love that because her albums like <laughs> continue to go to number one but no one gay has thought about her in a long time and there is a, a kind of lyrical imprecision about pink it's like about these broad these like really broad lyrics that are applicable in a lot of situations but carly ray's it's almost in a way the spiritual successor but also a more positive version of like a jagged little pill <laughs> like mm. alanis writes about these like very specific things that happen that like cannot happen to everyone you know did are not universally applicable whereas like pink is like stadium pop that like you can insert your own thing that happened and it'll still you know like carly's is very specific in that way yeah i'm actually reminded now of, did you have you seen um john early's new special yet i have not okay well run do not walk it is fantastic but there's something about that special that is like bringing the same thing to mind of like his jokes are so specific and they are so there's so much about you even though like that it it feels like how did you write this about for anybody but me as an audience member, but only mm -hmm. me, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes how I feel about Carly is like, oh, you see me so much more than I even realized anyone could see me as an artist sometimes. And so, yeah, I think that like, that's all about her communication skills. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to, let's move on to her Leo Venus. I mean, I have it written right here. Give me love. I, yes, I did not, you know, and I actually had for that one that it reminded me of all that. Mm. But yeah, it's like this. I mean, obviously we've talked about Leo's before as like boastful or proud. There's a lot of pride in Leo. And I think a lot of the album in her philosophy on love and relationships, like I think she does want someone who, I think she's asking for someone who is like proud to be with her. Like it actually requ reminded me of the type of the type of love that she wants. And if the Venus sign is like how we love, like I think she likes public displays of affection. And I think she wants that um, someone who's happy to be by her side type thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I was taking from it. No, I totally agree with that. And I think that also it's just like the the performative nature but in not but in like a good-hearted way. Mm -hmm. I think that like so often Leo gets like the they're the showman of the zodiac and so like people are like, "Oh, you're just doing this for attention." But like there's something about being a Leo and I mean I'm a Leo rising, so that's how I come off a lot of like no, like I just love being this way. Like I love like I love the showmanship and I think that Carly really loves the showmanship and loves like kind of 
showing love in like through showmanship in a way. Well, the opposite, well, not the opposite, but like the, the underside of that or the, like even the deeper side of that is like, that comes from a place of being very expressive and like mm-hmm. Leos are known for being very expressive. Like if they have a stomach ache, they're going to tell you if they're feeling this way, they're going to tell you, you know, um, it doesn't always mean that they have, that they get those nuances of communication that you might get in Gemini, but they do express themselves. And like emotion is an album that is not afraid to express how it is feeling. It does not have a fear of, Ooh, if I say this thing, am I going to rock the boat? It rocks the boat. You know? Right. It's like, and I mean, yes, of course, there are insecurities laced throughout this album, but there's not an there's no insecurity. I feel like in the album, mm-hmm. in a, like in it's cr- like as a thing that exists. There's not even though we've said like, yeah, we don't really like I really like you, but like there's not really weakness in this album in that way. There's just like confidence, and that's such a Leo trait. And so mm-hmm. like, kind of the the trusting of her own confidence, and like that's just it feels like that's what she's trying to bring into her life too wanting a love that is confident i think is a goal of the album too like not wanting a partner who is wishy-washy not wanting a partner who won't show up for you like those are things that she asks for and i think about that when i think about venus and leo yeah definitely i have written down for here uh for this one uh your type really brought Mm. the leo venus to mind for me so yeah i I get it. Um, all right, so now let's move on to the Mars. So I'm super excited to talk about Mars and Gemini. So we talked about Gemini before with Mercury, and Mercury was kind of the planet of communication. And Mars is, the, to me, the planet of, yes, passion, but also conflict, like mm-hmm. the god action. of action, the god of war, Mars, or whatever. Um so it's kind of funny. We were talking before about Mercury and Gemini is an incredible syzygy because it's the planet of communication with the sign of communication. And then this one is the planet of action with the sign of communication. So it's almost this um, place of like the way that I take action or the way that I make it through conflict is through communication. Yeah. And I think that, that that this album is an album that shows that Carly Rae is someone who does not want to fight. This Like... There are many pop stars, probably Pink, who write, or Taylor, who write songs about, like, fights they're having, or blah, blah, blah. But, like, this album is not interested in the the back and forth of conflict and the negative aspects of conflict. Like, to Carly Rae and to this album, I think the talking is the action. The communicating is the action. Like, this is how I feel. I'm going to say it. And, like, this is how we're going to have this back and forth. Right. The confrontation is the, I know how to articulate exactly how I'm feeling. And you're going to have to deal with that. It actually, so the track that made me think about this the most was When I Needed You. Because When I Needed Mm. You is kind of a con the closest that we get to like a conflict song yes where she's kind of saying to her partner like where were you when i needed you and like being able to say that as opposed to having a fight about it is an emotionally mature thing and being able to speak that out loud and i think that it's the closest we get to like her having a confrontation with the person on the other end that's supposed to be receiving the song um so that was the one that i felt like kind of was the most like most embodied displacement all right well let's talk about jupiter and leo jupiter is about like our philosophical leanings like how we live our lives um and jupiter and leo when i was looking it up and thinking about it 
there is one of the things when we talk about pride, I actually think pride is like, you know how every trait can have a positive and a negative aspect. Like people talk about pride with Leos, but I do think that Leos have a strong sense of self, like as opposed to using the word ego to mean a bad thing, maybe using it in like the Freudian sense, like Mm -hmm. they have a sense of who they are. And this album comes from someone who has a sense of who they are and like what they want. And it's very confident, like you were saying. So when I was thinking about the philosophy of this album, this is a confident album. This is an album that is asking for what it wants. Like we were talking about with Gemini and knows its emotions and is confident enough to talk about it. So I I did feel that philosophical Leoness as I was thinking about it. Yeah. It knows what it is from beginning to end. It's confident in it before it even starts. And I think that like that also goes back to the whole creative process of like, she, she knew what she was putting forward and it was this like, I am here to be like looked at in a way. So we'll bring us to Saturn and Scorpio. Well, I know you have stuff to say. Oh my God. Yes, I guess I do. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I think that, so, I mean, for me, Saturn in Scorpio uh, is about like, a lot of the emotional tumult of this album and Mm -hmm. how like it, she does deal with a lot throughout it and works through a lot um, throughout it. And like, it's reckoning with like your past mistakes of relationships and like just your own choices in life. And so, I mean, for me, I let's get lost came to mind when Mm -hmm. um, thinking about this placement specifically, you're going to laugh when I tell you what song was this placement for me. This song, Saturn Scorpio was totally LA hallucinations to me. Oh my God. Because LA hallucinations to me is the song about choices. Like the choices that I make, how I regret them, mm-hmm. why I made them. Like she obviously kind of probably had to move to LA professionally and thinking about what that meant for her. Like to me, Saturn and Scorpio was so LA hallucinations. And I know that that's a controversial song. I feel like on the album, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You're just a BuzzFeed buzzard. I think I'm a TMZ crow. The two genders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the two genders for sure. Um, but actually, I think AI is the BuzzFeed buzzard nowadays. That is so true. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to our profession. Um, but yeah, I thought that in, in terms of Scorpio and I mean you know, people associate Scorpio with the stinger and sometimes it's like, that to me is, I mean, one of the times where she, even though this song, this whole album is about emotions and relationships, she often doesn't sound wounded to me on the album. Like she is actually trying to work through things in the music, but LA Hallucinations really always feels like the most like downer track. Like I fucking moved to LA and I hate it. <laughs> Honestly, also that might be why I like laugh so hard and uh, we can't take seriously the Buzzfeed buzzards and TMZ crows line because like it is a bad line. I'm sorry, Carly. Like it's just corny and like not good. I don't, I, I, and not in like a, Oh, well I'm defending journalists because we are journalists, but like, it just feels like, I don't know, a bit too, of the moment in not a good way. And that I think is because she was like felt so deeply about the song in a way that she wasn't maybe even able to see like, Oh, that's not a great line. I should rewrite it. Well also, I mean, there's obviously a negative aspect to Scorpios that people talk about where like there is a vengeance type thing. And I kind of feel like, 
immortalizing the BuzzFeed buzzards in that lyric is Scorpio-esque. Yeah, I mean, that line will outlive BuzzFeed forever, so. (laughs) People will still be listening to that lyric when BuzzFeed servers go down. Though I still can't get over when I was in the JFK, or no, the LaGuardia Airport recently, and they have, instead of Hudson News, it's now a BuzzFeed News store. (laughs) <laughs> there's going to be a time in our lives where we're going to have to explain to a gen beta what mm. a BuzzFeed buzzard is. Oh my God. We're going to have to annotate these albums. All right. And I won't even want to kill myself because I'll be like 70 and I'll be like, it's happening soon anyway. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to come up with the BuzzFeed quiz. Are you a BuzzFeed buzzard or a TMZ crowd? <laughs> Um, all right, what's next? So next, unless I've missed planets, we're on Uranus and yeah, thank you. And we're talking about Aries in Uranus. I mean, who among us? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tend to avoid Aries when I date. So true. So true. I'm kidding. Um, I actually tend to attract them in a weird way. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. That's a different podcast. That is a different podcast. (laughs) Or at least a different episode. (laughs) That's when we talk about like single white female or something. Oh my God. Uh, can we talk about anything with Jennifer Jason Lee? Oh yeah. Please. <laughs> the Jennifer Jason Lee star cast. Yes. Coming up soon. Can't wait. It's a, it'll wherever just... podcasts are sold. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Aries Uranus. Um, like it, it's all about like freedom and new ventures and opportunities in a way. And like, there is something so freeing about this album. And I think that uh, that's where I like see her. um, This is also again, where I draw back from the album itself and I'm looking at her career and I feel Mm -hmm. like this is kind of part of her recreating of herself and kind of like, I mean, as you said, or at the beginning of the show, like how Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. Like this is kind of a rebirth for Carly, this album, because she's going from, the cheesy pop princess of call me maybe as like the song everyone in the entire world knew to this very small album that Mm. is big in how it sounds, but is small in so many other ways, but like is so much more a voice as opposed to like a product. Well, I think it was an album that was a reintroduction in terms of actually getting to understand who Carly is. Yeah, I she's actually, free to be who she right. is now. And I actually, shout out, I love Kiss. Oh, I do too. Trust me. I Kiss is so saccharine. And Did I listen to Owl City in college? Yes. <laughs> you know what? I believe that about you. <laughs> attack. <laughs> okay, all I do is agree with you. Is agreeing attacking now? It depends. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think that it was a huge reintroduction for her. And so... That idea of New Beginning is so interesting because before Call Me Maybe, there was also, you know, for people in Canada, like, she was an American Idol person, and then she was the Call Me Maybe girl, but neither of those stuck. What stuck now is emotion. Right. If you're gay, at least. Definitely. I think, yeah, I mean, for all that, I'm more likely, I feel like, to hear Call Me Maybe out at a bar than any of her other songs. I know that like everyone I'm surrounded by knows that knows her deeper cuts. And by that, I mean like any of the albums that came after. Well, even if maybe let's say call me maybe indoors, Mm -hmm. 
the persona that endured in her music because the person who made Kiss and the person who made Emotion are different. But the person who made Emotion is the person who made Dedicated is the person who made The Loneliest Time. Like yes. that persona and getting closer to who she is endured. So in that that rebirth worked and was successful. Totally. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad that she has evolved into what she is now because I listen to all of it all the time. I even the loneliest time I couldn't get enough of. Mm-hmm. So same. Yeah. Um, all right. Well now we've got uh, Neptune in Pisces. Well, once again, I want to go back to what I was talking about before with like the progression from Aries to Pisces. Cause also a lot of the placements are like early placements on the cycle in, in, in this uh, album chart. Like, a lot of Aries and not as much Taurus, but like a lot of Gemini and Pisces is the sign of wisdom. And I do think that there is like, it's the sign of wisdom. It's the end of the Zodiac, like the end of the cycle. And I do think that this album is one that like yearns for a type of wisdom. Like it has that emotional intelligence. And I also think that it's like almost like pointing to, um, wanting to become older and wiser about relationships, like a, a, a yearning to get through the toughness, even in a Virgo way to work through it, to eventually get to a place where we are wise about our relationship choices. Yeah. That is such a great way to put it. I, I couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, then let's go to Cap Pluto and Capricorn. And I mean, Capricorn is all about work, work, work. Again, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but like this is the album of her remaking her career, remaking who she wants to like be for the next 20 years, where she wants to go. And like she is imagining an entirely new idea for herself in that way. And but in like such a practical way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how I saw the like Pluto in Capricorn come through in this album. I'm glad that you brought that up because it was. N- I would say this placement is the one that I had like the hardest time wrapping my head around. And I, to be honest, I didn't think as much about outside the text. You know, you were a newer academic. I was one of those old academics. Sorry. Like, yeah. Who was like, there's nothing outside the text. Ugh, I know. I, and often <laughs> I love to kill the artist. But. No, but I, but I think that's really smart that you did that. Cause it was, I was having trouble with it, but cause I don't think, that this is an album that's necessarily about the work of relationships, which I also do want to name. Like Mm -hmm. there are albums by pink that are about the work of relationships, (laughs) but wait, do you like pink? (laughs) (laughs) I actually have not listened in full to a pink album since the truth about love. I couldn't name a pink album. Oh, I can, I think name them all in order. Wow. Okay. All right. I get it. You're a pink Stan. (laughs) I used to be the straight people. I used to be, but honest, I liked the truth about love. And then afterwards, I think she did like, it was that one that led with what about us? Well, part of me makes, makes me wonder, is that because you grew up and you grew out of her? Right. Oh my gosh. That's so funny that you mentioned that because I was just having a talk with someone the other day about how like pieces of sometimes we outgrow pieces of culture and they do something for us at a time and then we don't need them. And I'm wondering, do you think you would outgrow emotion in that way? I, I really don't think so. Because as we've said already, like it is so specific 
and is such a like capsule of feeling mm-hmm. in a way that like these other broader things that like growing out of pink or whatever, or honestly growing out of Taylor Swift as everybody should, um, or at least everybody our age should, um, it, like it, it feels so mature. It feels like one of those things that, uh, not to, so I'm, I'm currently reading Sheila Hetty's new book, um, or newish book, pure color that came mm, out like two years ago. The which, one with that green blob on the uh-huh, cover. Which, yeah. Oh my God. I, it had me sobbing on the subway the other day. Oh my gosh. It's so good. But, um, there's like one great passage in it where she's talking about like, how, how does a book go from being like new to lasting forever? Like, mm. why is it that books that were written thousands of years ago are still on our bookshelves and yet every book that was written 20 years ago is no longer relevant today. Mm. And like, how do you bridge that gap of the, well, Homer had less competition. Fair, fair. But like, how do you become one of those? And I, and I think that like this album has a way of lasting as art in a way that a lot of pop music doesn't. Well, I mean, that reminds me of, something like a Jurassic Park that we talked about last time, which will last beyond its moment, but is of its both of its moment and timeless. And I do think Carly Rae and emotion specifically have that staying power, but it's interesting because I'm someone I think who has evolved in their relationship to the music because I've now been in a relationship for four years bragging (laughs) and I don't know that like the songs speak to me in the same way, but I mean, it's not their job to like, it's their job to just express how she was feeling at the time when she wrote the song, but I still listen to it and think it's incredible. And, but even now when I went to listen to it again, you know, it comes up on my shuffle or sometimes I will seek it out to listen to it but this was the first time that I had sit, sat down with it and engaged with it as a full body of work in a while from mm. beginning to end and I realized I was thinking about it as a piece of art because it was one that now being in a relationship for four years and not listening to it as someone who was dating who was falling in love or someone who was hoping that something would translate into a long-term relationship that I was able to appreciate it from new ways. So uh, this is not all to say that it doesn't have anything to say to me. I think it has a lot to say to me still. And that I think is why it's timeless because it, the message will continue. But now as someone who's been in a relationship, I kind of get to look at it through new lenses. Yeah. I think that like this going back to the, like how does like being embarrassed to listen to pink, Uh, like an old pink song that like meant a lot to you versus like listening to an old Carly song that you're like, Oh, I didn't even think about it in this way type of thing. There's like, I I feel like that's probably part of the like lasting of art versus like just culture. Well, it made me excited to look at my partner through the lens of let's get lost again. Cause Mm. let's get lost is one of my favorite songs. And like that is about a new young love and like, my partner and I don't have that, but I was listening to it and I was like, Oh, I would love to have this feeling with my partner again. Like what is a new place that we can go to that will give us this feeling? Well, luckily your partner is here to talk about it. Let's bring him on. (laughs) Kidding. And we're all going to China. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, yeah, no, I love that. Um, one thing I did want to bring up simply because I forgot it in my notes, but it is just a thing that I always love about Carly and brings me back to her Virgo moon, which maybe I just keep thinking of because Virgo, but, um, 
like the perfection of this album and her like work towards perfection of this album meant that we got a b-sides which is so much stronger than so many artists a-sides that like oh it it just baffles me but is so virgo of course like oh even the things that aren't good enough for the album are still fantastic but like to me they're not good enough but like to everybody else they're fucking great well so what's funny is talking about virgo-ness which we haven't talked about Carly's signs yet, which yes, I know I was going to bring have, those up because yes. if you actually, when I think about like Beyonce's a Virgo, I, Beyonce would never release an album of her B sides. No. So there is the Virgo ness, but there's also I think the the there's there's a lot of other stuff happening there. Definitely, because I think that for all that the Virgo ness is there, we have to talk about Carly's actual signs, which are she is a Scorpio Sun, Pisces Moon. And Scorpio Venus are the three that I wrote down that are important. Wow. Because she's just water, water everywhere. Yeah. And I think that like that paired with the like Virgo meticulousness is like, yes, I'm meticulous about this. But the thing that I'm sharing is the feeling that I had making this Mm. in a lot of ways. And so like, I think that especially because like she didn't share the B sides until like she started like touring and people were like, we want more of your music. And she started doing some of the B sides at like, at her live shows before the B-Sides was ever released was she like started to realize how like impactful emotionally these songs were. And so I think that like deep, like those deep water feelings were like, I need to connect. You know, it's always so hard for me. I I think, and I'm just being honest, the, the, the sign I struggle with the most understanding is Scorpio. They're the ones to me that I think I have the least kind of grasp on. Well, they are the most mysterious. They are. And I, and one of the things that I always come back to when I'm thinking about Scorpios is almost like the word or the concept of underbelly, but it's almost Mm. like there's always a deepness. Like, I mean, Scorpio is water, but they're also one of the later water signs. Like there's, there's so much depth there. And, um, that almost to me is what those B sides are about. Like that there is always more to the story that there's always another side that, you know, um, well, and also that like for all that we're talking about how, like we know car, like Carly's, like feelings that come through the album, I still feel like she is a presence. I can't, I can't understand or don't understand like as a person in a Mm. way, like there's still a mystery to her that even though she's been so raw on like the page, there's still some depth to her that is hidden to us. And not that she's keeping that hidden intentionally, but it's just, there's some otherness to her. Well, she's not someone who is out like giving a lot of interviews and talking about themselves excessively. Like her message is the music, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there's that, I think it's Neil Postman who wrote, you know, like, the, or you know, that book that it says like the, the medium is the message. Like mm-hmm. she's not someone who's popping off on socials. She's not someone who is communicating to us through a whole bunch of different avenues. Like she is using the music as the message. And I think when you do that, there is a sort of mystery about you. Like, I don't know a lot about Carly. I don't know what her favorite ice cream flavor is, or I don't know, you know what she thinks about certain things because she's not going viral for her Buzzfeed videos. I don't, like Jennifer Lawrence is right. Or something. I don't know 
the song I don't know who the song's about right in no, a way that like I know Taylor that Jake Swift. Gyllenhaal <laughs> right. who I'm sorry but justice for Jake I couldn't feel worse for him than I did after watching that video of all too well 10 minute whatever um, I'm on Jake's side sorry but uh, yeah like I don't know who that's about because that doesn't matter mm-hmm. that's not what it's not about him it's about her and it's about the feeling it feels less showy and more just like it's not showing it's telling yeah this is a writer's album I think. oh 100 percent. this is the pen game album yes <laughs> oh wow well this was a delight well, um, do you oh, have your tarot cards yeah well i have so many decks but there's a queer tarot deck over there that i'm gonna go grab perfect right now and while we're talking about tarot and these specific tarot cards, I just need to give a shout out that this is the Queer Tarot deck by Ash and Chess. And Ash and Chess is one of the brands that worked with Target that some Targets took out of their stores. Oh, wow. They did some merch with them this year that was actually taken out of some Target stores after the conservative backlash. So we're going to pull a card for Emotion. All right. We're going to go with this one. Oh my gosh, the Two of Swords. Wow. Will wow, you or wow. won't you? Oh my goodness. A being of two minds. Mm-hmm. I love the... And well, and for like a card like this um, and the art that we have here, like I love that there's the rainbow on the outside and the nighttime sky on the inside of like... As we were talking about how this is such a like nighttime album in a lot of ways. One of my favorite things about the Two of Swords, I used to listen to this podcast that discussed all the cards, and they talked about um, how the person who originally drew them actually worked in theater, and a lot of the cards are take place on a stage, and Two of the Swords mm. is one of the cards that's on a stage. So it's about like what's being presented and the we performance. talked we talked about the the like how Carly is unknowable and there's something that she wants you to see and then behind the figure is the water yes i was going to bring up the water of course um i know you just looked up the meaning of it from the helpful book that came along with the cards <laughs> well this is about i mean the two of swords is always to me about cuz even when you first pointed out i said do you do we go that like having two ideas this way or that way so it is about which about, way would they swing? Right, right, exactly. And them almost... There's nothing in the card that says that they have to be opposing ideas. They can be complementary ideas. Um, but we have talked a lot about this as being an album that is full of the water of Carly Ray's Scorpio while being very thought-forward and very idea-forward and having things to say. And I, and even you were talking about going from one thing to another. It also reminds me that sometimes on the album, like, Carly Rae does contradict herself, but we all do. Yes. Like, that's what makes it such a rich album and what makes her such a nuanced person. And, and I actually think that's what draws you to people, because what, what draws people to her and to her music, because it's like a very she contains multitudes type of writer. Yes, I can hold two ideas in my head at once type of thing. Yeah. And so one of the things that this booklet says is that this card calls upon us to meditate and think with nuance rather than jump into action, which Mm. I think is very an emotion type response to a stimulus. Like, you know, let's hold on. Let's think about this. Like I'm having this issue. Like let's tread in the water. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. And at the end it says this card may come up when you're avoiding making a decision because you're fearful of the repercussions, but remember that not making a choice is a decision too. Ooh. Yeah. 
Well, I think that does it for Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion, right? Truly. I mean, we'll always be talking about this album, but uh, I think for this episode, yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up. Well, I think if you are if you've made it all the way to the end of the episode you should reward yourself by going and listening to emotion again yes please run do not walk listen to it and then listen to this episode again once you just listen to the album so that you can then understand how on point our insights are or how off they were don't tell us either way yeah or, or do tell us either way comments are great for the algorithm yes comment subscribe <laughs> um and please uh tell your friends about it uh and we will see you next week with another piece of pop culture 